I'm just hoping it doesn't get to the point where we start begging for Melvin Rivas and Elvis uh, to officiate. Because if that starts to happen, then we know things are going down the the white porcelain bus, so to speak. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, and yes, we have a new theme song here for the new year, 2024. And I'm really excited to have a new song. I know the other one, we've used it already for... <laughs> quite some time here but uh get used to this new uh song you know it's, we're, we're trying to keep up with the catchy songs it's our first episode of 2024 uh, i know we promised to do more interviews uh, we've been kind of lacking on that but you know the cold got to us too as it probably did to uh probably many of you listening and my voice is still slowly coming back and we're sure and also kind of dealt with a similar situation jared's been pretty lucky but you know this is you know what it goes on in the winter time sometimes but uh, we have a lot to talk about today, lots of stories here, uh, Central Valley players moving on to uh, big leagues, podcast magic, giving us the news that, you know, we're happy for him, but we kind of wish we would see him back in Sacramento, but hey, maybe we will see him in another capacity, some Sac Republic news, uh, and as well as some MLS and Huddersfield uh, news here as well, so Let's go ahead and kickstart this episode, first episode of the year. Sharon, Jared, first let's go over to Elk Grove as usual. How are you doing, Sharon? Hey, well, I've been better. Um, I've, I complained on social media about um, the dang cough. It's not COVID. I have a cough. That's been, uh, I caught it from Luis through the internet. Uh, last time I spoke with him, he was pretty darn sick. And then within a few days of the recording, I got sick. And that's not going to be listed in my galazes of gratitude. I'm not going to thank him for that because I would be cursing him instead. But otherwise, you know, I'm still alive every day. I look up and, you know, sun is shining or the rain is raining and we're good to go. Jared, how are you? Keeping my butt inside because it is chilly out here. And we're, we're talking about maybe 50s is the high and almost freezing for the lows. But aside from that, doing doing good just uh you know trying to keep abreast on any news that comes across uh, whether it be usl public fc or anything else uh, in between but uh thankfully we're gonna be getting back into the 70s this weekend yay yeah no it looks like the temperatures are gonna get a little bit warmer not as much here but you know we're, at least we're gonna get a break from this intense cold that the valley has seen and, and you also were there in arizona but as Sharon mentioned, we're going to keep doing this too. It might be a new year, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stop thanking people. So Sharon, go ahead and introduce us to Golos of Gratitude. And now one of my favorite segments, Golazos of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. We need a new introduction. I just listened to it and it's it's getting old. It takes too long. <laughs> Basically, I should just be, you know, short and sweet. Like one of our my favorite episodes of Glove. But I got very minimal. I mean, like, do I thank my veterinarian for not decide to to decide to not do surgery on my little girl cat? You know, she's got a funky right knee and her hind leg. And he's like, oh, nah, you know, if it doesn't harm her quality of life, it's like, okay, you just saved me three grand. Of course, I do have pet insurance because I was expecting, you know, whatever. Do I, do I thank him? Um, do I thank uh, DoorDash and 
uh, places that deliver because I was too sick to go out and get food or make food, you know, do I think, I don't know. I don't know who to thank. I thank the universe. I think, oh my gosh, our little chat group. My goodness, I can't thank you guys enough. Jared, you're key in that because you've got a little more time on your hands these days. Um, I really appreciate all that, all the chat that goes on in the background. And of course, John for keeping, and, and you, Jared, for keeping us posted on Huddersfield Town. You know, just grateful. And, and then uh, little things, just little things. I'm good. Jared. All right. Yeah, there's not a whole lot much going on out here as well either. But, uh, you know, I've got a few glasses of gratitude. I may not be too big of ones, but um, for starters, I definitely uh, give a big glass of gratitude to Quick Trip, uh, which just opened up practically down the road for me. So 20 minutes walk, I can easily get a whole uh, breakfast pizza or uh orange chicken rollers, just all sorts of different stuff. And it's just a 20 minutes walk there, 20 minutes uh, walk back. Uh, also a big uh, glass of gratitude uh, to, to my in-laws. They've uh, kind of helped help me uh, here and there. Uh, it's after New Year's, you know, everything's been in kind of a funk. So, you know, th- thankfully I, I have them to, f- to fall back on and, and vice versa. Uh, also a bit big uh, glass of gratitude out to... Uh, Huddlesfield uh, local media, who, uh, as mentioned, uh, John and I are able to tune into the match. Uh, they haven't exactly been great matches, but you know, just the fact that we're able to follow along as we can, you know, in good times or bad, you know, it's, it's all that matters. Definitely uh, uh, tune in any way that you can for the match. Glasses uh, of gratitude to uh, both Luis and, and Sharon for you know m- making sure that we're able to keep a uh, keep a good positive note on things going even when there's no news going on here locally but yeah it's and of course our listeners you know i I know it's been a while in between episodes but can't really do much with the little information going around i mean especially with other teams getting signings and this and that i'm not not really getting a whole lot uh, over here but uh that's really all i've got right now hi louise how about you all right so i have two and this first one that i'm going to mention is probably the most special colossals of gratitude that I've ever given here on the show. And that is that my girlfriend surprised me with an amazing Christmas gift, season tickets in section 105 for this upcoming season. I'm so happy. My voice was lost, sadly, <laughs> right around Christmas time. So I couldn't actually really yell. And if I tried, it would not have come out as a yell. But I was really happy, and I'm so excited for the season for us to be able to be in Section 105 right there with Sharon and the rest of our friends there. And yeah, it's it's still like it kept me speechless, and I'm still like so impressed at the fact that she got me tickets, and not only any tickets, but in what I consider. And keep in mind, there's other sections or maybe VIP, whatever. But what I consider the best section in the whole stadium is. is 105. Oh, it's by far the best section. Well, okay, John, your section 106 is also a very good section. However, we need to get you moved over to 105, although you are the leader of the 106 section, so whatever. But Luis, your girlfriend is fabulous. I'm holding up a bottle of Bailey's chocolate, and I'm going to toast your girlfriend, Alicia, right now. I'm going to have a little sip of this because I haven't had any alcohol since I've really gotten sick. So 
Here's to Alicia and to a long relationship with the two of you. May you enjoy it. And you have a whole season you need to stay with her, Louise and Alicia, back at you. <laughs> you it, the season is not short. You have to at least get it through October. So congratulations, Luis. That was the biggest gloss of gratitude I think we've done in a long time. I think Luis could, could have used like one of those little soundboard apps. You know, once he got the news, he could have just pressed a button and ha- have the air horn play. <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything that makes a loud but happy noise, of course, uh, would have been uh, handy for me. <laughs> With my voice being lost that day. But yeah, again, thank you so much, Alicia. It, it just really means a lot to me as a Sag Republic fan since the beginning and as someone who would always, you know, want to be a season ticket member. And I was for like two years, but I mean, nowhere near 105, that's for sure. It was probably the cheapest section, which is the supporters group section. So yeah, I'm still mind blown. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd be in those seats for a whole season. So. And especially at your young age, seriously, dude, I mean, it, I'm older and have a, you know, a situation that you, I mean, you were just amazing. It's so she's, she's not for that, but for her love of knowing what you love, that's, you know, she speaks your love language in other words, you know, cause she knows what she knows, what makes you happy. But, um, oh, yeah. we should have her on the podcast just to thank her. Well, oh, yeah, right. We yeah. My sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 We, we, we should. I uh, think that, that would be really fun. And then one more colossal gratitude out to, again, my girlfriend and my family, because I had such an amazing winter vacation. I went to different places. And I mean, it's like the best winter vacation I've ever had in my life. So thank you so much. Even though I was dealing with my voice being lost with few days of like intense coughing. <laughs> uh, I'm really glad that I still had fun and I made the most out of the time. So just again, thank you to them. Cause uh, if it weren't for them, uh, it, I would not even have had a vacation at all. So if anything, we, we're going to have to start calling him Mr. Worldwide with, you know, with, with all the places he's been going to the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the dude travels for work, so he's been, you know, to the East coast a couple of times. He's uh, been, yeah, I think he travels more than than I do. Of course, I have these stinking fur monsters that, you know, can't really go that far with. I keep thinking one of these days I'll throw them in the car and just say, shut up, we're going. Yeah, they could travel. Oh, and by the way, oh. if anybody finds Bailey's chocolate version, it's a holiday version. If you can find it, buy it. It is the best chocolate liqueur ever, ever. Ever because it's made with real Belgian chocolate. So thank you, Bailey's, for finally making something that I like. Because I'm not a liqueur person, I'm not a hard liquor person, but I'm a Bailey's chocolate person. So glaze of gratitude to Bailey's. See, there you go. You got you got a bonus one. one in there. Found one. And also, there's one that that has slipped my mind the past couple of weeks. I forgot to give a glaze of gratitude out to William because he Ooh. actually came out here for New Year's. He actually went up to Flagstaff, but Managed to take the time, you know, we, we hung out over at Walter Station, which ironically was the place that I was originally going to watch the Western Conference Final from, but got too crowded. But, you know, William and I were, were out there, you know, we had a good flatbread, had a couple good, good beers. Uh, we ended up walking around uh, downtown Phoenix for a little bit uh, before he uh, finally went over to his Airbnb and then 
New Year's, he went, went up to Flagstaff, and I'm sure he must have been freezing his butt off, to, too, because up there, it can get to the single digits in, in Arizona. So that uh-huh. is a thing. So thank you again, William. That's an awesome glaze of gratitude. And it's it's good to hear that he was there. I mean, the dude gets around, man. He's already advertising mm-hmm. Bottle Rock, and it's like, I bet you he's going to get VIP seats again. I don't know how he swings it. That's not cheap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into soccer? a few of the points that we have here. Soccer? We're going to talk about soccer? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, I, I know we're a food podcast, but we'll, we'll give a little segment to soccer too. Oh my God. I can think about food. <laughs> State yeah. of the food podcast. Well, I started off with this one because I think it's a big deal. I've, I've been saying it already for a long time. I mean, ever since I think I was in high school and I tried to play soccer too, <laughs> but. We have Central Valley players that are moving on the top teams. And some of them, I think it might be a little uncertain still. But, you know, things are kind of going the, the right way. And the first one is close to home here for me. I mean, it's literally the neighboring town. Kate Cowell, he's from Series here, 20 years old, really close to ch- signing with Chivas. In fact, I mean, some reports say he already signed. Others are saying he's close to signing. But I think at this point, it seems like it'll be official, although I know AEK Athens is also rumored to be following his track. But either way, it looks like he's going to be out of San Jose Earthquakes. And it's it's quite amazing to see a player here locally. And not only that, but a guy who has scored a lot of goals already for Earthquakes and who's already been called up to the national team, right? In fact, he was in a preseason camp and... That's why he he actually ended up leaving the camp, and that's why the rumors got stronger of him going to uh, Chivas because of him being spotted in his girlfriend's Instagram story at the San Jose airport on the way somewhere, right? And also getting his Mexican passport recently. So what do you guys think? I, I hope he can tear it up down there. So there's mixed reviews of him. I loved watching him play. I love watching a big, beefy boy you know, up top running past everybody, you know, and then scoring goals that, you know, brings back a lot of memories, even of of Tommy Stewart, because he was a tank when he, you know, got going and he was an amazing athlete. But Kate Cowell is a different type of of striker. If you think about it, He, if you give him an inch, he'll breeze right by you. A lot of people are panning him because they think he doesn't have ball control, but he does. So, you know, there's a lot of mixed reviews. Folks are saying, oh, yeah, he'll be better off. It's, you know, it's a better team, a better league than MLS, you know, and how are we ever going to grow MLS and grow the players if they, well, anyhow, I, it's always important to get different coaching. I mean, look at what Roro did. You know, he was in Mexico for a while and he played in the top league there and came back and now, and he's tearing it up with us, you know, doing great things. So I, I only wish that. They would stay, you know, whenever I see a, one of our players who has dual citizenship sign for a, or play on a national team of a different country than ours, I always get a little, well, I hope they do poorly against us. I know you know how I feel, you know, because we've watched, I think his, his brother is playing for the, his age group in the Mexican national team. Am I right, Jim? Yeah. So Chance is his name, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. So I wish these guys well, but how are we just got to, how are we going to flourish, you know, here in the U.S.? I know the USL is doing a really good job of 
doing what we do. And, you know, our academy, if you think about it, our academy has produced some incredible players. Look at Nabi Kabaguchi. You know, we've, we've got, we've got good quality. Ah, if only. Anyhow. Yeah. And also his brother uh, at one point played for the Republic Academy too, right? I know he's with the earthquakes now from what I saw. So, uh, I mean, look, look how long the Academy has been around. I mean, there's many players have come through the system. I mean, it's, it can be easy to, to kind of lose track on who exactly came through. So it's, it's a, it's a positive thing. It's, it's a positive thing that we have so, so much talent in the Central Valley that go through the Republic FC Academy. And then once their time is not necessarily done, but once they're deemed ready, you know, to spread their wings into the soccer world, not, not only just within Central Valley, but in the United States or, or overseas, just really anywhere. And, and that says volumes on the quality product that even the Republic of the Academy is putting out across all ages. All right. So I was dead wrong. You guys are right. Ballistic United and San Jose Earthquakes is where he spent his time as a youth. So no, it wasn't here with the Republic dog on it. You know, you, I would only hope that anybody who is moderately local, I will just pin them to being a, an academy player. It's like, oh no, he came through the Republic Academy because we're, you know, we're top drawer here. Yeah. I mean, look at what our U16s and 17s have been doing. I mean, they've been, mm-hmm. our academy's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, our I academy do, coaches yeah. are good. <laughs> Even Merkovic, you know, he got called up to help coach in the national level. It's like, mm-hmm. yes. And he's, top coach he was a top player for us two years ago but going back to to the move and all i actually think it's it's a good move for him right he's 20 years old and being able to play out of the country is going to give him a lot of good experience i mean of course the game is a lot different right liga mekis mls there's different playing styles so it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to that and now i do think that he has a lot of pressure right he's if he moves if this move actually which i think it will end up yeah, being finalized, it's a big deal, right? Playing with Chivas, and it's actually, if I'm not mistaken, at least currently playing, I think it's the first time that Chivas gets a player that currently plays for the U.S. national team. Previously, they had another guy, but I think he hadn't quite yet played for them. So yeah. it'll be interesting, you know, that, that aspect of things. But if anyone was wondering, his mom is Mexican, and that's where he gets his citizenship from there too now his brother like you mentioned sharon yes he chose to play for the youth level for mexico he could always switch of course because that's not a guarantee even at the senior level it's not a guarantee right we know the new law and all that it's interesting to see him uh, make the move and you know we're all hoping the best for him because if it goes really well guess what they're going to start looking more at the valley right at the players that are coming from this area because they're going to see that there is indeed a lot of talent here so much as I'm not a Chivas fan or anything, I hope that if they score any goals, I hope that Kate is the one that's scoring <laughs> all the goals for them there. Because again, he's being looked up to by a lot of players here in the area. If this move concretes or, you know, if it goes somewhere else, then somewhere else, right? But he's going to go somewhere else. And people around here are taking a close look at what he's doing. And he's inspiring all the, the new players that are coming up. And of course... I'm calling it right now for this upcoming Liga Emeki's season. Oddly enough, Luis's internet feed's going to go off for some reason whenever Chivas plays against Cruz Azul. I'm calling it now. Ah! Oh, well, hopefully not. (laughs) 
Hopefully we're able to, to beat them. But in any other game, Cade can score. But that, that game, unless we win, then, you know, if someone's got to score, then he can score. But, but with our luck, he'll probably score and they'll probably end up getting the win, especially with depending how the season goes for us. But moving on on the list here, we got two more players. Another player here from the Central Valley, Alex Alcala. He's born in Stockton, California, 18 years old. Uh, he was with, or still is currently, actually, with the Galaxy Academy team. I believe he's with the Los Dos team, right, with the MLS Pro right there. And he recently was signed with Manchester City, with the City Group. They actually had done a little, like, pre-contract option about, I think, three years ago or two years ago, saying that when he turned 18, they could actually exercise the option to sign him to a contract. And so, turned 18... They decided to move on with uh, signing him. And for all those of you who don't know Manchester City, they tend to do this a lot. They sign a lot of young players and some don't really necessarily even play for City, but they do loan them out around Europe and, and all that. So they do get that experience. And then, of course, if they prove to be good for Manchester City, then they get called up. If not, then, you know, they end up maybe just uh, moving elsewhere and being sold to another team in Europe. So. Regardless of where he plays at, this sounds like it's going to be a good deal, right? It is a good deal, and it's good for him, for Alex. I wonder if he's related to the Alcala. Oh, no, you said he was from Stockton. Never mind. I thought he was maybe related to Jeff Alcala, who used to play for the indoor Sacramento Knights. Oh, yeah. That's a popular name, too. Yeah, so it could. But who knows, right? I mean, it could potentially be. Now, he's also playing with the Mexican youth national teams, too, and he has been for a few years now. And I think... Might be mistaken, but I think at one point they wanted to dub him like a Mexican Messi of sorts. But there's been plenty of <laughs> Mexican Messis that have been dubbed as such. So, I mean, until the guy gets regular minutes for a first team, we'll see, right? But at least, you know, he's, he's making a good move, I think, in being with the City Group. And then another player who's also here from the Central Valley and now more directly there in Sacramento, Fidel Barajas. Y'all remember him in USL. He was actually with uh, Charleston Battery last. The guy's 17 years old and at one point actually was also with the Republic Academy. And we just found out that he has been signed by RELT Salt Lake. So moving up to MLS. One more player from Sacramento that is going to be playing in MLS, which is really awesome, right? Since, you know, we, we know, I, I forget his name right now, right off the top of my head. But if one of you knows it, please mention it. But the goalkeeper for Inter Miami. Is another fellow Sacramento player as well. Sacramento? Yeah, uh, at the last name of Ca Calendar, I believe. Yeah, Dre Calendar. Thank you. Yeah. More players from the area that are moving up to the MLS level. And this is good for USL, right? This goes to show that they're doing great things. And that's exactly what any player's path should be, right? Move up to MLS from USL. And then from there on, just keep on going to other leagues, right? Go to other leagues, and then when you kind of get to the point of Adam Moffitt or, you know, some of our other favorite players, then you come back to the USL and you kind of settle things down, right? I'm definitely expecting big things from Fidel here because, like what was mentioned, another Republic FC Academy product uh, ended up playing for Charleston, actually contributing to where Charleston got to the USL championship final this year. He did have a commitment with Mexican national team, so he was unfortunately not able to play against uh, Phoenix Rising FC for that match. But had he 
been able to go with Charleston. I'm sure Charleston would be lifting the cup by by now, but you know, but it's, it's in the past. But you know, he's getting ready to do big things for Real Salt Lake uh, out there in Utah pretty soon. So definitely keep it up, keep up the good work there, Fidel. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too, Jared. That he is another player that is playing for the Mexican national team. Was born here, and you guys know how that goes, right? The Mexico-U.S. like battle between. <laughs> players who have dual citizenship who can go for a, for both national teams i mean i think it's really awesome i think you know we've already seen some players like julian arajo who was with galaxy and now he's playing with the mexico senior team like i think we're just going to keep seeing more of those cases and and it's good for mexico because you know we're we're going through a crisis right now of <laughs> of good players and you know if they could pull from players that are born here that have all the amazing like preparation that players get here with all the teams that there are here even better it'll just make for better uh mexico u.s rivalries and all that so i think it's it's good it's a good sign of what what people are doing here and what the teams are doing right with the preparation because sports just gone a long ways in like the last 15 20 years right in terms of player development now if we're gonna resemble Anywhere over in Europe or England, I was watching a series or maybe I was listening to a, an, or read an article about, you know, what it would take for MLS or any, any well, for soccer to really, really, really bloom. And the USL is on the right track by having as many teams as we do. Our nation is so big. It's really hard for, and I know I'm getting off track here. Sorry about that. But it's it's really hard to have these rivalries like what you see in England because our the locations are so distant. Our country is so huge that you know to have this little tiny core where you have these 20, 80 year old fan bases that sing songs in unison the whole stadium, not just a battalion. It's going to take time, but you know we're we've just got to keep growing the sport, guys, and we've got to keep elevating the fact that we've got these players that are moving on we just need more soccer you know we need we need more stadiums we need more soccer we need more so anyhow next subject yeah well next topic it's something comes to us as a bittersweet news right because we we definitely wanted to see him playing for (laughs) republic again but you know i think uh in good reason i think for him to have a change in career now given family situation and you know i think there's just some interest he has in life our good old podcast magic announced his retirement from professional soccer and he is actually going to be well actually he has been now since november the director of program operations and partner at the high performance academy which by the way is a, a soccer training institution here in the central valley and they dub themselves actually the only institution here in, in advanced soccer training in the area so uh Really happy for him moving up to this level. And, and I'm sure he's going to help us, you know, again, get some more talented players so we can see that list of players that we mentioned earlier just continue to expand throughout the years. But what do you guys t- take from this news that just kind of hit us out of nowhere? <laughs> you know, it didn't hit me out of nowhere. Just kind of seeing his minutes last season, you know, he was he was a little bit on the on the decline minutes wise. And that's usually a signal to a player that, you know, it's it's probably time your body is either A, fading, or B, you know, the other players are surpassing what you can bring. But he was fabulous for us. 
And I think knowing where he's going in his career is going to be so good for this. And he knows what he, what to look for. Let's face it. If you look at everywhere that, that, that he has played from when he was a youth all the way through, it's been an amazing story. He has really good vision. He knows, he knows what it, he knows what a good player will look like and he can groom them to become that and, and maybe make, of course, make them better than he is. I mean, that's what you want to do as a coach. No matter how well you played or whatever your accolades were, what you want for the next in line is to be better, you know, and, and to really excel and to hit the highest of the platforms. So yeah, sad, but so happy that he's going to be sticking in the sport. He's uh, definitely going to be missed by, by fans as far as uh, Republic of Sea bands, Central Valley Fuego fans. Uh, but, you know, ultimately there's going to be a time after soccer, you know, and I'm just glad that he was able to get you know, such a prolific uh, role for, for a greater organization that he has. And of course, that's, that's also going to open up more family time, uh, you know, with, with this family. Uh, I know that's definitely you know, a, a big agenda item, but, you know, deservedly so. So that I'm just glad that everything is working out for, for Billion and for the family. And so and now this is just going to, I'm sorry, I'm still a little overcome with the fact that we're, we're, we're not going to have our podcast magic on the pitch anymore, but I don't know. There's just going to, there's just so many good memories with them and with Republic FC. And then of course, Scott Bradford and I going down to Tucson uh, attempting to go see him, but last minute roster change, put the kibosh on that. But I, either way, it's, it's great that he's, you know, taking his on pitch experience and spreading the wealth uh, with the training with HPA. So it's, definitely great to see and of course if he ever pops around sacramento or or phoenix he doesn't have to pay for it for any food or drink <laughs> well and i'll we get him well he can get in the game for free i mean all he has to do is make one phone call and the next thing you know he's got you know three tickets for free but he i would definitely bring him in so we we could see him at matches he said to you all and to us that he we, he'll be up here for more matches which is excellent oh yeah Hey, that's the good news out of it too. And but eh, he'll leave us with a lot of great memories too. I mean, I'll never forget the open cup goals against Ooh. the LAFC at LAFC and earthquakes also in San Jose. Like, I mean, how crazy was that? I mean, then not just any goals, but some really like amazing goals that he scored in those away matches. And so and and such an awesome guy too. So we know he's gonna do really great in this new role and we're actually going to have him here on the podcast uh, we're just waiting for the schedules to align <laughs> and we'll have him on so he could talk more about this new opportunity as well as like some of the things that they're doing there at the training facility so we all get a little more insight as to how that goes and how you could sign up and all that so i do know the location is in clovis so uh, that's where the the training facility is at so right there close to home for him <laughs> That's great. Good for him. You know, it's it's players like him that have really good vision on the field. And when they're in games like the U.S. Open Cup against LAFC and San Jose, they see things differently and quicker than some of the players that have not been exposed to European football. I mean, you look at Keko, when it came time for big games, he sees things, you know, quicker and differently than a lot of other players, simply because he's been in these higher pressure, highly intense fast-paced matches, you know, where it requires that. And Villian was, you know, he was that way. He he saw things differently and more quickly 
And I think he was very demanding of the players that played alongside him. And sometimes that can be unpopular, but it can be popular if you have the right coach. You know, just try try to raise the raise the game of the whole squad, the level that you know you can play at and that you can bring players along. And that's that's Villian. You know, it's like you he he's just he's a caliber among you know a whole different caliber. So moving on to the next thing is what's going on with the Sac Republic preseason, right? We haven't really known anything as far as preseason rivals. I know that the trend, I think, in the last few years has been there's like one open friendly, right? That is like usually a week before, I'm assuming first weekend of March before the season starts. We have no news as far as where they're going to go do their preseason at. What game are we going to be able to watch? What games are going to be closed door, which they'll probably have probably three or four of them <laughs> that we won't be able to see. We'll just get the results. But yeah, what do you guys think? Well, I've been keeping a close eye uh, on FC Tucson because for the, those of you that remember last year, uh, Republic FC, based off of the uh, success of the U.S. Open Cup in 2022 and also their playoff run uh, in the USL, they were invited to the Visit Tucson Desert Showcase last last February. So far, I've not really seen any word, even from FC Tucson, as far as who's being invited this year. Uh, I have heard rumblings that apparently the Coachella Invitational may be replacing it. I'm not certain on that. But Phoenix Rising FC, they've, they've already been announced as participating in the Coachella Invitational. So any other clubs uh, participating in that, or if the Desert Showcase is still going to be a thing, it's been radio silence on that. And also, like you mentioned, Republic FC have not really been making a lot of noise or any noise at all as far as their preseason schedule. The only thing I can really think of is maybe they're just trying to finalize uh, last-minute schedule items or where the match is going to be played or also the ones that are going to be closed doors. So it's, you know, we're, we're not getting a whole lot of news on this, but we can only assume that they're still working on that schedule. I mean, that's that's what I take from it. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, Sharon? So there's so many moving parts when you're dealing with, you know, preseason. Number one, you know, they have to get a new equipment manager. Number two, they have a new or a newer team admin. And then remember, Emil is now helping them out a little bit more on the team, on the team operations side, along with Grace. So there's so many moving parts with respect to travel and la, 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 la. And the big one is, you know, the equipment manager because, you know, they let Cappy go. So unless you, anyhow, like I said, moving parts. Secondly, we don't know what's going on in the front office. We don't know what the negotiations are looking like with respect to any kind of preseason friendlies or, you know, uh, like a showcase. Because I know down in Ventura, the, the big showcase is happening, I think this coming weekend down in Ventura. And the big names are going to be there. LA Galaxy is going to be there and, and a couple others. And then, the, like you said, the Coachella desert showcase that's another one so why where are we with respect to getting getting into any of that sort of stuff i know we were we did have coaches at a player showcase with path to pro soccer they have their annual player showcase i don't remember exactly what it's called but it's in the bay area and we had you know our coaching staff was there along with timbers you know and all yeah, pretty high level coachings coaches were there scouting for recruiting, but 
I think there's just so many moving parts. And until they have everything nailed down, it's really hard to do any kind of an, 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 an announcement. But I will give them this. You know, it's kind of like the minute we heard that you heard, Jared, that SeatGeek was, and I know that's on the list. Oh, that's next. And we were talking in our chat, where was Sac Republican announcing and, you know, sharing the information? It's like, they have to get their media campaign together. They've got to get, you know, the season ticket holders. They have to announce it to us, which they got, we got it announced today. I got an email from the front office saying, you know, we've switched to SeatGeek and here's how you create an account. So there's all these moving parts that they have to, you know, put together. And I bet you these, you know, these kids that are working for Sac Republic are just grinding, trying to put it all together. Because let's face it, you know, except for Todd and a couple of others, there's a lot of young people, you know, holding down the fort there at the at the front office. And there's a lot of work to be done. And some of it is new to them. So I give them wide berth to get it all done. And when they're ready, they'll announce. It's kind of odd though, that other teams have announced what they're looking like for preseason or, you know, they're going to be at a showcase. You know, we always want it to hurry up. Oh, and by the way, Sac Republic, hurry up and get that downloadable calendar up and running because that was the most convenient thing for me to just hit a button on your, on my phone, on your website and boom, all the games, lo- I just added a Sac Republic calendar to my iPhone, and then I didn't have to look any further, right? It was all there on my phone. So get it done. Yeah. No, I actually do like that feature, too, because it's nice to have them all preloaded and, and all that there. But yeah, yeah, lots of moving parts, like you say, Sharon, and you know, hopefully we find out probably here within the next uh, two weeks as to like what that's looking like for anyone who wants to go watch a preseason match. I feel like I feel like they're going to do it like they've done it other years. One week before, people can come watch it. And all of us who are so excited to go watch a game, we'll, <laughs> we may be there right, on that day as well. But I just hope it's competitive teams, no matter what teams we get to play against. And hopefully they're able to add an MLS team in the mix. I know that they start their season uh, around mid to late next month. So might get a little tricky, but hopefully they manage to still find a team uh, that they could play against that is in the MLS range. Because I think it's always great to play against those top level teams, especially if you know they aren't going to be in the Open Cup, right? We still don't even really know what's going to happen with that. If they think they still left it in limbo, you know, if they're not going to be there, then <laughs> the friendlies is the way to go to uh, get to play against them there. All right. Well, Sharon brought up a little bit here, but yes, as she mentioned, SeatGeek is now the official ticket partner for Sac Republic. Ticketmaster is long gone, which I'm sure a lot of you are probably super happy right now because <laughs> I know Jared, we could see him there <laughs> doing the silent cheer there. Yeah. I mean, we know Ticketmaster. We know all the fees that they add on to tickets, which yeah, if you're a season ticket member, fees aren't really a thing that you know about. You know, for everyone else, there's fees. We know anytime we buy tickets through that platform, they just add on and it just keeps like they keep adding on fees <laughs> every year. And SeatGeek could be different. I haven't really used them much. I think I've maybe bought tickets once or twice. I don't know, Jared Churn, if both of you have bought more tickets on there. If you have, what's what's your experience been like? I haven't bought any tickets from SeatGeek, but I know that they've uh, started to become more nationally recognized uh, with a lot of the venues and tours and such 
and I believe it was last year that uh, SeatGeek and USL actually uh, formed that uh, partnership. So I'm thinking that uh, this new one with Republic FC now is just building on that as far as a USL at a whole. Now, of course, uh, there's not a lot of Ticketmaster fans. I mean, that's that's kind of an understatement, especially with the fact that you can have an event that costs $29, but then once you finally hit checkout, the ticket ends up costing like $60 with all the, the ticky-tacky fees that Ticketmaster puts on. As far as SeatGeek, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that, and I know there's going to be some fees involved with them, but hopefully they're nowhere near as bad as Ticketmaster. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, if, if, if any of our listeners have had experience with SeatGeek, please let us know. We'd like to, to find out how, you know, your experiences are and have it as a gauge as to what we can expect as a Republic of Seed fans going to Heart Health Park. Uh, Sharon? So what's weird is I've always thought of SeatGeek as a reseller platform. And so when Justin Dubois moved to SeatGeek, you know, my buddy, our buddy, Justin, when he moved over to SeatGeek, I was thinking, that's just all resale stuff, dude. What are you going to be doing? And then he, you know, it's like to find out, no, they actually have corporate accounts for events where they are the main ticket seller. And so it's not just a resale pop. Remember when SeatGeek was like mm-hmm. a resale platform and they weren't like the lead? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Jared? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. yeah, I remember when they were making a name for themselves. I mean, exactly as a third-party reseller, but apparently now they're moving up. Yeah, moving up. And so I I have to applaud Justin Dubois for probably going into SeatGeek and going, hey, we can we can do this, 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 and this, because I know that person and this person, and the next thing you know, the partnership with USL and then, you know, Sac Republic switching over. And I'm hoping it's because maybe, you know, the fees or the admi- administration costs are, are lower, more manageable, or they've got more perks on the back end, or maybe, maybe the, I mean, let's face it, SeatGeek is going to have all of our emails and that is gold to have emails because they direct market you for their other events. So that is worth I mean, if there's, I don't know how many season ticket holders, eight to 10,000 season ticket holders, that's a lot of emails that they're going to have in their hip pocket to, you know, hit you up for other things. Like Ticketmaster is always telling me about, you know, <laughs> so-and-so is coming to the concert at Golden One Center. And it's like, okay, fine. Thanks. Nice. You know, I'm probably not going to go. You know, I'm still leery of catching big bugs indoors, but I mean, I'll go. But what any, anyhow, so hands, you know. Big hand to Dubois, and I know you're listening to this, Justin, because you just can't you can't resist. And I know Connor Sutton probably had a hand in everything, anyhow, because we have to mention his name at least once every podcast, you know, because he has a magical sound. So I doubt Connor had anything to do with you know going to SeatGeek, but he'll probably be the guy that you know helps announce it, you know, and and help be the voice behind making changes and. And like when people are starting to stumble. So I, we got the email today, right? And in it is a tutorial, a video tutorial for setting up your account if you didn't know how to do it. You know, it's always like if you get lost or whatever, here's your video. And I'm thinking, I haven't looked at the video, but I'm hoping it was Connor Sutton that was narrating it. That would be so cool. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm waiting to see what it looks like. I'm just right now looking up and you probably beat me to it. Luis is just seeking charge a fee to buy a ticket. So I was going to look and see what it is. Oh, no, actually, I, I didn't have it pulled up. 
But I think it's good we are moving away from Ticketmaster and Ticket is getting more and more share, right, of ticket sales. I know Ticketmaster is still number one and all that, but I mean, they were such a monopoly for so long, right? I mean, unofficially a monopoly, right? But almost essentially one. And so it's great to see another platform come through, give them competition. And you know what? If they keep on going, then maybe Ticketmaster might start lowering their fees for for other things too, right? Once they start seeing uh, more and more of their events, like, you know, get stolen by them. So now I will say, I hope that with this new partnership with SeatGeek, I hope they fix the things they had with Ticketmaster because I can't tell you how many times Ticketmaster and the Sac Republic app wouldn't really communicate with each other. You would reset your password on Ticketmaster. It wouldn't work on the app. So you'd have to go back and reset it on the app and then it would work, but then it wouldn't work on Ticketmaster. So there was a weird miscommunication there between uh, both of the platforms. So hopefully with SeatGeek, they can get that fixed because it did get quite annoying. And one time I had to be there waiting for my parking pass to get pulled on my phone as I was waiting. And there was a long line of cars already too, and I'm waiting to pass by so I can you know, get my parking pass scanned. And I actually had to pull to the side and wait another five minutes for the thing to load. But I mean, that, that shouldn't be a thing. It, they should communicate with each other. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And by the way, I just looked up to SeatGeek charge fees. They say that they're pretty much, they, it, they, they're right aligned with the way that the market is for fees. So for other, you know, ticket sellers. So the answer is yes, SeatGeek has fees. And it's also, they do dynamic pricing on their fees. So the higher the demand, the higher the fee. So go figure. They're just like everybody else. Oh, yeah. But Justin uh, Dubois, if you hear this podcast, please give a shout and let us know what the truth is. And of course, thank you, Sharon, for fulfilling our USL Championship podcast mandate of mentioning Connor at least one time during the episode. So ah. we we fulfilled our... <laughs> But also going with uh, Luis, I mean, yeah, if SeatGeek, if they have a more smoother, more lenient API as far as cross-communication between apps, that would definitely be great because I know I've had issues where I've bought in the Ticketmaster app, or a Ticketmaster ticket, try to pull it up, and it says, oh, no, you need to go to such and such account manager accounts. So I have to go to that club's uh, app. I have to try to download it there, try log in. Oh, it's not working. It's the only thing I've noticed that works is saving your pass to your Google wallet for those that have Android. So like myself, apparently I'm the only one out of us three that has Android. No, no, no. But, uh, but, I just... but Chris, Chris McMahon, well, of us three, yes. But Chris has a... Uh, three. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right. Hey, <laughs> same thing. We have a wallet in our Apple and when oh, yeah. you save your pass, all of it, when you save it into your wallet, it works perfectly. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do that for any event I go to, whether it be Republic FC or a Kings of Suns game, or if I'm going somewhere out of the uh, the Western area for for a sporting or music event, I always save it to my wallet that way because I know I'm I could be in areas that the data reception is not the great, but still it pops up. So SeatGeek, please make it as easy as possible for us to to use the app and the tickets. You you'll be forever in our debt if you do. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because the wallet is the way to go. Always save it, y'all. Never wait to load your tickets when you're right there. Just 
but always always have it handy uh, in your wallet and it's just easier in general too so just simplify your life and and save you a minute so you can be inside the stadium and join the festivities that normally go around every match day there well on to the next topic here it is the beginning of the year and you know it's that time of year when we usually do something called the open tryouts where uh, players from the area from even like out of state i think out of the country as well make their way down to sacramento for a two-day open tryout session could lead you from being in your couch and i, I say this just like sarcastically of course right <laughs> so actually playing with the first team in a matter of like three months in the USL there, because that's kind of the story that we saw last season with Alair Sanchez, right? He came down to the tryouts and then he earned his place as a starter, right? For the most part. And so that is happening this month on the 20th and the 21st at the Hal Bartolomeo Sports Park. There is a cost associated with it. It is $250. And you got to be 18 or older to participate as well. So, you know, if you feel like you're confident, you feel like you want to be seen, there's your opportunity. It is $250, but hey, you know, you never know where it might lead you to. And I'm sure Aldair, you know, is so thankful that <laughs> that he actually paid that fee because otherwise he would not be playing professional soccer to this day right now, right? Or maybe maybe he might have somewhere else, of course, sometime, but at least right now with Sac Republic. So there you guys have it. That's coming up. That's pretty exciting. Actually, I usually go every year just to see some of the old friends and maybe, you know, say hi to the coaches. It's kind of exciting to see these young men put their everything on the line. And, you know, there are some guys that rise to the top, you know, that are actually pretty darn decent. And, you know, sometimes a player or two will show up just to keep an eye on the talent that is trying to make an impression. For me, it's just always, it's always felt like, okay, the beginning, it's the beginning whenever we have, you know, the open tryouts. Cause when I used to work for the club, open tryouts was kind of like that big push just before the players, like our own players came into camp and started their physicals. And, you know, so, so a lot of them were still shaking off jet lag and, vacation and they might swing by the open tryouts and and it's it was for me that is such an exciting time because it marks it it marks a special beginning you know what i mean and then not not to leave uh folks out out in the cold as well uh we do want to let you know that roseville new team iron rose fc is also having open tryouts this coming weekend uh saturday january 13th i know it's a bit of short notice but just to let you know that, and this is for the the WPSL team because the men's team won't be formed until next year. But this Saturday, January thirteenth, from twelve to two p.m. at Mahaney Park on Pleasant Grove Boulevard in Roseville, uh, there are open trials for Iron Rose FC. Uh, there is a twenty-five dollar registration fee, but with that fee, you do get a free shirt as well as two free tickets to the home opener. You'll want an RSVP as soon as possible at ironrosefc.com so just to let, let our soccer players that that's our our women as well just be there there are going to be pros there as well but there are folks such as rose shonen who is the founder and doc of azteca fc who also has a ussf b license kylie strom who's the current nwsl player amobi okugo a former mls player and forbes 30 under 30 an even more familiar name to some of us max alvarez He's a Roseville SC director as well as former Republic FC player. 
and Mo Ruiz with Anthem Futsal and Matt Skills CEO. So, you know, for for all our, our ladies that are out there that are trying to get their name into the soccer world, this is a good place to start. So once again, ironrosefc.com. But also look at some of the other clubs as well. Uh, California Storm, Stockton Cargo, Academica. More, uh, more likely than sooner, they're also going to have open club uh, open club tryouts. So definitely stay tuned to their social media as well as ours. And any news about open tryouts come across, we'll be sure to let you know. Yeah, thanks for mentioning them, Jared. Uh, there's a lot going on for sure. So I'm going to um, interrupt real quick. The storm has already held their open tryouts. That was January 3rd at the Davis Legacy Soccer Field, but they still have some things, opportunities looking ahead. And that is a season ticket holder perk group training with Sissy and Robbo, their coaches. Mm. Training is open to all ages and skills levels. So you have to go on their Facebook wall and and the link is in their bio and I'm looking it up right now. And then they actually have a player that just got called up for a youth national team, Gianna Riley. She's one of my favorite players to watch on the California storms. She's got a call up, but they are also doing a demo. California storm is doing a demo on the United soccer coaches convention that for one of the rare times it's on the West coast in Anaheim. So that's pretty cool. But as far as looking for the, the tickets or the information regarding the season ticket holder per group training session with Sissy and Robbo, I don't have that. So hopefully you can uh, dig that up on your own. So there are things going on, just like Jared said, and I was muted and I was trying to, you know, filch in on his thing to try to, and then I realized I was muted. So no longer muted, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah. And in addition to that, there are opportunities for kids as well. Sacred Republic is actually doing a regional development program for kids aged 10 to 16. It's a four-week program that starts on the 28th of this month. The cost is $275. And you get four sessions, a Republic FC shirt, and a ticket voucher to a home match this season. So if you have a child that is among those ages and they play soccer, maybe they don't play and you want to get them to play soccer, then there's a great opportunity to actually be a part of these training sessions here with Republic FC and, you know, other licensed coaches and the youth academy coaches. And we know the academy has had really great players. So, hey. Not a better opportunity to join the academy than this one here. So check it out. Again, starts uh, at the end of the month and goes on throughout the next uh, month. And it's like a weekly thing, I believe. Yeah, it's like every week in the afternoons there. Also, with the new season, it means that there are job opportunities available with Sac Republic. Uh, they're hiring for all kinds of positions, of course, seasonal-wise for the season from March to November. They actually have ticket scanners, guest service reps, stadium operations, merchandise clerks, stage managers, box office reps. If you've always wanted to actually experience a match day, but not as a fan, but as an employee of Sac Republic, then there's a great opportunity. So go check out the website to find out how to apply. I know if I lived in Sacramento, I probably would have applied back in my early days as a fan. <laughs> and it's, it's something that I always wished I would have done instead of working retail. So don't be like me. Don't work retail. Get yourself a seasonal job there. And I'm sure there's more little perks that go with that. And, you know, more than just, you know, working for Sac Republic. So. Oh, check. yeah. The, 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 they do have perks. You know, not only do they have parties that they'll throw periodically, but 
if you are a red shirt and that is guest services, you know, where you do whatever is needed, it's actually pretty cool if you are an usher and you can work in specific areas, you are an usher. So your first job is, you know, for the fans and this, you know, the supporters to make sure that they're having a good time and keeping an eye on the stadium and the stands. But we have some pretty involved ushers. If you haven't noticed this last season, we had the flag runners. Every time we scored a goal, those flag runners would run up and down or wave the flags. That's a pretty cool job. And that's a coveted position there. There are other other positions that are that are really nice. Like like if you're part of the stadium detail, you know, like setting up and tearing down, there's only so much you can do before and then after. During the match, there's not as much, you know, granted, you know, the field needs to be watered, whatnot. But you can actually catch a catch part of the game. And same with the ticket scanners. Like once the bulk of everybody has entered the stadium, now what do you do? The only people that are always busy the full time that they're there are the folks that work for the team store. And that's actually really fun because you interact with all of the fans coming and going and you have that great satisfaction of making somebody's dream come true by finding their exact size. Luis, you know what this looks like. You know, you get so happy. And and yes, if there's a 3X, Jared always gets really happy when he... Yes! <laughs> yes. So so when you make somebody's dream come true, you know, by getting their merchandise to them right there, because they don't have a walk-in team store anymore. This is it, you know? So so that team store is busy the whole entire time. And and it's actually fun. I've I've seen people work it and they like it. Granted, you know, you don't always get a chance to see the game, but you can hear it. And, you know, you're allowed to take breaks, that kind of thing, or whatever the law allows. So look into working for the Republic. It's a it's a good organization. And, you know, minimum wage in California is dandy. Yeah. I still say that they still need to bring in that kit personalizer, like uh, Luis and I saw here yeah. in Phoenix. Yes. On at the field. Get two or three of those heat presses, man. You know, bring them in. You know, have the have the player a bunch of extras. You know, there was a people poo pooed in the old days. Oh, we don't need the templates for the players' last names. Yeah, you do. Get a bunch of them if you have them at the stadium. Word spreads like wildfire. You know, the heat presses, and yeah, you just get in line and get it personalized, and you're off and running. Feels so good to actually have a a customized jersey right then and there or whatever. Yeah, they could sell a lot more too, right? Than just depending on online yeah. orders and all that. So, I mean, they're trying to make more money. The customization is $25. So, I mean, that that would be a, a great decision on their part. And maybe also have some already printed, right? Some Roro jerseys already there on the spot. <laughs> so you already, you know, you built that. You know, they'll, they'll sell them for sure, right? What, what Roro jersey isn't going to go like unsold? <laughs> And look at the logistics of it as well. That's one less kit they're having to put in the U.S. Postal Service box and Thank one you. less tracking number they have to, to, to utilize. Thank you. Brilliant ideas. Suggestions taken. Oh, but I don't work there anymore. Okay. Connor, pass that puppy on. <laughs> Here, yeah. Anyone else on the team hearing us, please. We really want to be able to customize a jersey there and, and all that. So make it happen. <laughs> all right. Well, I know we're running here. Close to the end of the episode, but we thought we got two more things here in line. We got an MLS potential rev stoppage going on. And if it does happen, 
they're going to have to pull referees from out of the country. And that would probably be a big mess trying to get a group of referees from out of the country to actually come and referee here when they might be busy in their own country, right? I couldn't see them pulling from Liga Mekis when that, that's about to start this weekend. So what's going on, guys? Yeah, the pro PRO, you know, the professional referee organization is considering a work stoppage. So we just have to wait for all of that to to play out and to see what, you know, the the final thing is. They're they're bargaining. They want they they want better conditions slash, you know, money, you know, remuneration, whatever. So hopefully MLS and, you know, if it trickles down to the USL cuz there was some hint that it, you know, PRO is part of us as well. That's where we get our referees. So I think it affects everybody. Right, Jared? Yeah. And I'm just hoping it doesn't get to the point where we start begging for Melvin Rivas and Elvis uh, to officiate. Because if that starts to happen, then we know things are going down the the white porcelain bus, uh, so to speak. So I totally get you know the, the improved working conditions and remuneration. We also need to work in training as well because there have been numerous numerous complaints about officiating the past couple of years by way of uh, pro referees, especially in the USL Championship rank. So, you know, get these folks the help they need as far as conditions, pay, training. I mean, the, the game can only yeah, grow and get better as a result of it. So let's let's just see how this goes. But we also need to prepare for the worst case scenario. So I, I got some numbers for you guys. And you know, shout out to the Athletic for actually doing all the, the work and in, in getting some about like average salary numbers for referees and all that. But it looks like typically refs that have less than two years of service make about 50K for their work. And then they also get a, an additional bonus per match, but that bonus per match is determined of how many matches they actually ref, right? That's that's all that gets kicked in. And that is about like a little bit over a, a grand per match. And any experienced referees, they are actually getting paid a little bit higher up, right? 95 to 108,000. But here's the, the kick. Assistant referees make really low amounts too. It looks like they get about 1350 per match, but their base pay, like this is the shocker right here, their base pay is about sixteen to 21000 depending on how experienced they are. So, I mean, you guys could see it there. And also, I mean, the pay just keeps going down. The more assistant referees, VAR, like status, like it just goes down from there. So, so, yeah. so what you're saying is, you know, it, there's so few referees. And then when you're looking at the pool of ARs, they're all going to have other careers and other jobs. So are they mm -hmm. A, staying fit, B, staying up on the rules, C, doing game analysis of themselves in the games? Yes, they have. Oftentimes they'll bring in referee and, and analyst and evaluator. Sorry, that's what they call them, an evaluator. And that person will set somewhere unseen so that the referees don't realize that they're being evaluated. Sometimes they do know that they're being evaluated, but you know, you've got to stay fit for this, for this sport. You've, you've, you've got to stay in the know. You can't be making bogus bad calls. I mean, otherwise known as cheeseburger ref. I'm sorry. Anybody who sat near me. Yeah. So, you know, fitness 
And I think he got tired of cheeseburger reference because the next thing I know is he's starting to officiate the far side of the game. So he can't hear, you know, that he needs another cheeseburger. But, and I love that man. I mean, he's a, he's a good guy. And I think he was actually a very good official, but I think his fitness was in question. So on that note, you get paid more, you get compensated more, but you set the standards a little bit higher. And as Jared mentioned, you know, with training, training is key. And if we're not going to be giving these referees a decent wage and salary, so they don't always have to have a second job, they all did, but you know, a real job. And then this was on the side, maybe they can afford to have a more of a part-time real job and make up that money doing officiating and, you know, the Mm -hmm. not stretches thin, you know what I mean? Whereas the, the head referees, you know, the centers, this is their job. You know, they can make a decent wage. This is, this is what they do. Some of them will have other jobs on the side that, you know, like an attorney that can call their own shots, whatever. You do see a lot of officials having more flexible jobs different types of jobs, like hire, I don't know, attorney kind of thing, you know, where you can take cases or not sort of thing. So there you have it. And it gets even worse for ARs, Sharon, though, because that match bonus that I mentioned, right? They don't even get it until they've actually had 10 regular season matches. Well, I mean, that's that's an incentive for them to accept a job. I mean, let's Mm -hmm. face it. It's hard to get people to go into officiating. Nobody mm-hmm. likes officials, you know, especially the assistant referees. They take so much from the sidelines. You know, they have to have thick skin. They get stuff chucked at them. You know, you never know when a weird mm-hmm. situation is going to happen. You know, the fourth official, listen, look, listen to me. Listen to, you know, all my friends in our section 105. We are not nice. When oh, we are not. <laughs> We're not. And so, you know, to get, an, to get a person, a human being, another human being to take this job that is super critical to the sport you gotta pay them you know you, mm-hmm. you gotta pay them better but to get them to stick around do you wait 10 games before they start getting you know the bonuses or do you shorten that so i, I understand them going back to bargaining and asking for you know better conditions so that the conditions they're playing in becomes ameliorated due to the fact that their compensation or, you know, that sort of a situation is better. So there you go. Yeah. But it definitely makes us think twice, although we'll still be shouting at the revs. I'm sorry, revs, but... Fourth official's always going to hear it from me. (laughs) The fourth official's always going to hear it from me. (laughs) Yeah, but but hopefully they do get better pay because, like, you're right, Sharon. I mean, who wants to take those jobs? Who wants to take a job where you know you are guaranteed you're going to have people shouting at you, right? No matter what you decide, you are going to have people that don't like you. <laughs> it's hey, just that kind of job. You look at any profession where you are the regulator, it doesn't matter. It's law enforcement, environmental enforcement, you know, a regular permit body. Those are the least liked people because they're, they have a set of conditions that they're comparing you or your play or whatever by, and they're making a finding. And nobody, nobody likes to be bound by rules, but we're all bound by rules. So no one, no one likes, no one likes the official. Nobody likes the government employee. Nobody likes them because they're holding people accountable. So that's a tough job. I lived it for years. Of, that was my profession was to be a, a regulator, so to speak. I get it. And I even tried my hand at officiating. I loved it. So, but I'm not ever going to go back again because I'm broken. You know, my body is broken. But I officiated rugby 
I officiated soccer and I officiated soccer when I was injured and I couldn't play the game, you know, to the level, but I could run sidelines because I could, you know, when you can't run laterally, but you can run direct Mm. line, that's what you do. You officiate. Mm. And so I have have my license. Mm. I can even show you my patch somewhere here. Oh, it looks like Jared's thinking like, "Mm, so you're saying you might be able to replace Melvin Rebus. No, get rid of that problem. No, (laughs) no, no. Dude, I can replace Melvin Rivas, and I'm half legally blind. Come on now. Dude, you're still waiting for the Jared call-up since we now have two Jareds on the team. You want to be three Jared. Yeah. Either way, my schedule is open. <laughs> yeah, hey, Psych Republic, he's available. I'm just saying if there's a, he's a Jared. job. He fits right in. Yeah. <laughs> we had the team of Danny's that one year. Now we need the team of Jared. <laughs> the League of Jareds. So Want to make an appearance there. All right. Well, one last thing here before we end tonight's episode. And Jared, you mentioned earlier, we know you've been following this closely. You've actually commented on our group chat. So tell us more about how our sibling team, Huddersfield Town, has been doing lately. All right. Well, they did get a couple of signings, uh, one on loan and one uh, multi-year signing for for Huddersfield uh, Town. They've also had a couple of recent matches. One of them was against Man- Manchester City. As you can imagine, the result was not that great. Uh, we ended up losing 5-0 to them. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, it really could have been a worse score. So, it, thankfully, it was still in the single digits. I, I know that's not totally positive, but you always have to think of the, the other side of the coin on these. But also... The Huddersfield women's team has actually been keeping pace as well. The same day that the Huddersfield men lost 5-0 to Man City, the women's side actually won 2-1 over Stoke. So the women's side is definitely doing their part to get higher and higher up on the ladder. And also, some of us have followed their social medias. Kevin Nagel, as well as Carmichael Dave, are going to be spending the next month overseas uh, with the club. So already they've taken on a, a tea time with with the chairman special event where Kevin and Dave were, were there uh, conversing with some of the uh, the fans, uh, some some of the other higher ups as well in regard to the state of the, the union, so to speak, of the club so far. Of course, they acknowledge that there is plenty of work ahead, which is you know definitely understandable. But we we know they are. The saying goes, they're putting their foot into it effort-wise to get a top-quality club to gain higher and higher on the ladder. And I may or may not have uh, suggested a food place to Carmichael Dave out, out in uh, the Leeds area, Purgatroyd. They have this massive, massive fish platter. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. Some of you that may remember back in the old days, those uh, Little Caesars pizza by the foot. The fish is almost that size, so of course, so of course, Carmichael Day partook in it, and I'm I'm jealous as hell of him for it. (laughs) But yeah, both Kevin and Dave are going to be overseas there with the club for the next month to, you know, tinker around with the club, see where things can be improved, see where things are going great. So my hats off to them, and if they if they need a a fan based advisor as well, still available. Still available. I just, just let me know ahead of time, and I'll get my uh, passport done up here. We we've, we've got a center here in Phoenix and in Tucson, so I'm ready to go. I got my passport. It's ready to go, and I've been to London before, and I've been to the North, 
So I know what that weather looks like. And it was biting ass cold. Yeah, you know, talking to Wilson Nishar, they live more um, towards the east from where Huddersfield Town is. But I've been to the north. Would love to go back. Come on, Dave. You need a buddy. I'm in. <laughs> and Jared and Luis. Of course, Luis, it would be too cold for Luis, but whatever. I'm I'm okay. I'll I'll go but through any love- level of coldness if it means me going to Europe because uh wouldn't it be fun, to... all three of us little podcasters going over there? It'd be so much fun. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to bundle Luis up like uh, Randy in the Christmas story. I mean, we're, we're both going to struggle, you know, putting his arms down. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, well he's, the skinniest, yeah. he's the skinniest of all of us. I mean, dude has no body fat and he's running like crazy. And Jared, you and I, we could easily sit back and, you know, have a toddy and... You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. We got winter warm. <laughs> you know, you guys could fit me in a suitcase and maybe I might be able to fly for free. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no. Nah. Where they put the suitcases is awfully cold. So, no, you're you're going to be in the middle seat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fly for free here, you know. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're you're uh, bigger yeah. than a lap child. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully one day we are able to go. Of course, that's our uh, sibling team over there. And, you know. I still really hope that in the summertime they find a way to have a game, Psych Republic against Huddersfield Town, and maybe they come over here since it'll be warm over here and maybe make it easier on everyone <laughs> for transportation and, you know, make it happen, you know. And and I know Sharon's not going to like this, but go to Sac City College because it is the bigger venue and have the match there, you know, since we need more people. We want to get a ticket. <laughs> No, just put put other kinds of seating around our field or whatever. No, we can't be at Sac City College. There's going to be another stadium. Maybe we go to Sac State or something. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, our own stadium, if it, whatever ever happens, which we hope this year we get updates. We hope we... Yeah, Connor, we can you kind of twist the arm of the powers that be and give us a, a stadium update? We haven't had one in a while. Yeah. So, Connor, dig around a little bit. Oh yeah, that's that's the big thing. We want to know something about it, and please let us know something before the season starts. You know, we're already excited for the season. At least say like, oh, they're gonna break ground in the summer. It'll be ready next year, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. but who knows? They they do stadiums real quick, right? They could potentially have a stadium done by the end of the year, right? I mean, nowadays, especially that kind of stadium where it's not as sophisticated as others, they can make it happen, and the space is there. So, just. Go, uh, go on right with it. I don't know. We're we're talking about a semi-permanent to two permanent to stadium. I and mean, it's not like a modular pop-up like Phoenix uh, Rising does. Yeah. I mean, in fact, or saying, yeah. I mean, then again, that's a club that pretty much gets everything done in 50 or 60 days or less when normally it should be about three or four months. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not their first time, but no, our stadium, we want it to be a permanent fixture. So, we need news like yesterday. I wouldn't even mind if they had a Phoenix situation there just for the like temporarily. They're like, we're going to break ground in the summer, but here you guys go. <laughs> just so we can be out of Cal Expo and, and just get a feel for being there. So if they want to do that as a temporary solution, go for it while you guys get the construction situation figured out. And maybe the, I don't know if the costs are going to go down. I know they're waiting on the cost to go down, but I don't know. I think they're going to be high for a long time. So. Well, mortgage rates are, or you know, money loan rates are are back up there. But you know, Kevin's got friends. No, oh, yeah, you can make it happen. So just 
Kevin. Also, dude yeah. also has a, one of the investors is, well, a few of them actually are uh, developers or contractors that build big things, you know, build big things like dams. So they know what they're doing engineering wise and, you know, they could uh, leverage some of their buddies to get her done. And I'm sure the buddies are just like chomping at the bit saying, okay, just throw some money. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, everyone is right. I mean, everyone's looking forward to it in downtown as well. The businesses, I mean, all the things that they want to do there, right? It's all waiting for that to happen. So yep. I know a way to make it happen so we could continue to grow downtown and leave Cal Expo again. <laughs> all right. Well, I know we've extended the show for uh, quite a little bit, but we were out for quite some time. So this is kind of our way of saying, here you go, y'all. <laughs> More for you to listen while we get some interviews scheduled out here, which I'm hoping there's one that I mentioned last time that I'm working on getting scheduled might be scheduled here in two weeks. So uh, just keep an eye out for that one. But last final parting words before we say goodnight. Hey, thank you to, I have to say one more time, I know I said it on the last podcast, but California Storm, I'm going to be doing the, even though I already unwrapped it, I'm going to be doing a little promo of what I got as a season ticket holder. Remember we talked about me getting a jersey? Yeah, so I, I got a jersey and some tchotchkes and it was so sweet with the, you know, it was like a Christmas present. It was like my own, well, I shouldn't say my only Christmas present, but you know, one of those moments where it's like, this really meant a lot. So, you know, appreciate that California storm, but go Republic. Let's get this thing kicked off and let's find out what's going on preseason. Always Republic, always soccer. Yeah. I mean, definitely. We need to get this preseason going. I mean, there's hard, there's hardly a time that that I really like to go down to Tucson other than than family, but this is it. We please get the desert showcase going again. I need some more of the EGs and the, uh, lot, uh, Blake Slaughterburgers in my life. So let's get this going. Let's get Tucson up and going and go Republic. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the weather wise, you know, it's probably a lot better than, <laughs> than here. And, you know, at least a little bit more warmer, I'm sure, there in, in that area. Well, as for me, I have an announcement for y'all. I am starting another podcast. I know it's a shocker. Another one's getting started here. <laughs> But this one's going to be in Spanish. So for all my Spanish speakers and anyone who maybe wants to learn Spanish and all that, it is going to be on the American dream and highlighting immigrant stories. Uh, it's going to be called Buscando el Sueño Norteño. So it's already on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and a few others too. So if you guys want to hit that follow button on your app and check it out, the first episode will be released on the 15th or next Monday. So I'm really excited for that. It'll be monthly, potentially bi-monthly, but I only have two episodes recorded right now. So that, that'll be the schedule currently. But yeah, feel free to check it out. And of course, Republic, please give us news on preseason so we can record another episode <laughs> about that and about what our uh, preseason's looking like as well. So, all right. Well, one last thing, y'all again, for those of you who might be new to the show, maybe you haven't heard it. We used to say it more often, but now we usually have it on the socials, but you do have the option of actually listening to the show on our website, saxsoccerpod.com. So if you'd like to check it out, that's where it's at. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, we actually have a little bio there as well. And we are planning on actually starting a blog on there sometime this year. So check it out again. Saxsoccerpod.com is your place to know everything about the show. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone for listening to the show tonight. Again, we hope you have an amazing start to your 2024. We'll see you 
hopefully sometime in the next two weeks, uh, potentially with an interview or maybe with news of Sac Republic preseason here. But for now, have a good night and you'll hear us in a few weeks. You that brand new music. Cue the music. <laughs> oh, wait, no. wait, 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 this might be a rare time for, for, for me to help Sharon out. She's helped me out uh, so often. So I think this would be a good time for me to help her out and say, oh, hold on. you, the music. Oh, 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 I, I hadn't said my, okay, go, go, go ahead. Good. <laughs> Edit. No, it's fine. It's cool. The blue <laughs> All right, hold on, me. I need to, I need to get back to, oof, because when I get a laugh attack, it, it happens. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Let's see. What are you trying to say, Luis? Lerd- <coughs> what are you? I'm out smoking cigars and drinking whiskey, and it was that last hit. That hit. Yeah. <laughs> It was the timing of that too. It was like, like, oh no, who's gonna say, who's gonna say the music? Who's gonna no, introduce you the didn't music? Say the website. Yeah, oh yeah, I, that's what I was going. Okay, All right, here we go. Straighten up and fly right, dude.